The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. More NFL Draft Preview for you today on Fantasy Football Today. Hope you were able to check out the Dynasty episode at youtube.com slash today with Emery Hunt. That was Dave Heath and Emery Hunt yesterday. Very good stuff. This is your Wednesday edition, and we're talking wide receivers and tight ends and some, some pretty interesting tight ends from a fantasy perspective. Ryan Wilson's going to join us in just a bit. I'm Adam Azer with Dave and Heath. What's up, guys? Uh, I'm going to ask you right now your favorite... Your favorite wide receiver in the class. Who's your favorite wide receiver? I don't think there's a consensus number one right now. Oh, mm, there's a. I disagree. It feels like there is a consensus. One hundred percent. You think it's Jackson? And he's got three names. <laughs> uh, yeah. I. I you, okay. I don't know about if I agree with that. Okay, fine. You could be against the consensus. That's fine. I'm I don't not. think there's much. You've made a whole career a being consensus. against the. Consensus. I'm not against it. I, okay, fine. So who's your number two then? That's tougher. I will take Zay Flowers, number two. Um, I have Zay Flowers at number three. I will take Jordan Addison at number two. See, Quentin he's Johnston. Is, is it because he's younger? Um, that's part of it. And I, I'm just a little bit like the very best of Jordan Addison was best than was, was considerably better than the best of Zay Flowers in college. And it's weird. We've got a lot of receivers in this class whose best year was not their final year of college. Uh, well, Zay's Flowers was. Yes, that's Zay's true. was. But but that his best year compared to the best year of virtually any other top ten prospects is not near as good. Um. Yeah. Just in terms of raw numbers, sure. So. Yeah, Quentin Johnston, for I think for a while was uh, the top guy. I think on a lot of a lot of rankings that I saw. Anyway, it's sort of switched to Jackson Smith and Jigba. But we'll talk. And he's really the of the big four that get talked about a lot. He's really the the true outside guy. Right. He's so, the big one. 
Right. Do, do we even want that anymore? I think lots <laughs> of people, and you can choose your own adventure in this regard, but uh, I know Dan, when he wrote Quentin Johnson's draft profile file, used uh, Kevin White as his cautionary tale. I think mine is Akeem Butler. But in the last 10 years, we've had a lot of, well, he's the biggest, fastest, and he looks the most like Calvin Johnson, and he's also the bust. And so I think that's probably the reason that Quentin Johnson's struggling a little bit. Also, he can't run routes like the other guys, and he doesn't catch as well. <laughs> so those yeah. are kind of important. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's hard to compare these outside guys to the Zay Flowers, Josh Downs group. You know, they're just they're very different. Um, Ooh, the Josh Downs. I I had not heard of anyone refer to any group of receivers as the Zay Flowers, Josh Downs group. Well, they're very, they're similar. I mean. Zay Flower, watching Josh Downs is like watching Zay Flowers on 0.75 speed. <laughs> they're both like, like Zay Flowers. They're both fast. Zay Flowers is the next level. Anyway, um, we'll talk about all that in a little bit when Ryan Wilson joins us here. And uh, let me uh, let me get your take on Allen Robinson. By the way, listen to the with the first pick podcast with Ryan Wilson. That's that's a must. Ryan Wilson and Rick Spielman, and now is the time to do it with the first pick NFL draft talk. Uh, all right, so news and notes. DeMar Hamlin has been cleared. The best news that, that we're going to get today. Great stuff on DeMar Hamlin, and hopefully we can see him back on the football field as soon as this upcoming season. Uh, Pittsburgh expected to acquire Allen Robinson from the Rams, and the teams will exchange seventh-round draft picks with the Rams moving up, I think, 17 spots. It's a bit of a salary dump. The Rams will pay uh, 10.5 of the $15.5 million, so they'll save $5 million, and uh, Pittsburgh will pay that. Uh, so anyway, does this matter, Dave Richard? Allen Robinson supposed to be going to the Steelers if he clears his physical, passes his physical. Uh, he could potentially cause a target drain for the receivers that we like in Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. Don't forget about Pat Fryermuth. I think this is the Steelers' way of um, cost-effectively building a trio of receivers like Cincinnati has. And, you know, at first you kind of laugh at it that Allen Robinson, two years ago, one of the best receivers in the NFL and, you know, top fantasy guy. And now here he is being traded, not for a seventh round pick, but to move down like 15 spots in round seven. And I kind of stopped laughing after a while. And I was like, you know what? Allen Robinson was a great receiver when he played. Maybe he's got a little bit left in the tank. I'm not going to draft him. I'm not going to tell you to draft him, but I'm, I think I'm going to root for him. I'd be happy if he had, you know, 600 yards and three touchdowns this year. Help Kenny Pickett get a little bit better and make that Steelers offense just a little bit better. But no, for fantasy, there's nothing. I, I close my eyes only for a moment, and the moment's gone. All my dreams pass before my eyes, a curiosity. Oh. Next three words. Oh, wait, uh, say it again. Uh, this is I'm, killing I'm lost. No, no, I, I know a, this. I know this. Well, I close my eyes only for a moment and the moment's gone. All my dreams pass before my eyes, a curiosity. What is it? Dust in the wind. Oh, of course. You know, I. how could I? Come on, Adam. The last time Allen Robinson had 70 yards receiving in a game, oh. his quarterback was Mitchell Trubisky. He was playing against a team quarterbacked by Mike Glennon. And Jimmy Graham scored two touchdowns, more than 70 yards in a game. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I'm going to say, of course. He had 68 yards in this game and 63. There's like two of those. <laughs> yeah, there's two, there's, there's two. like two of those. <laughs> this uh, is not well, one of those no, things. So I'm not saying draft Allen Robinson. I'm asking, does this does this affect George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryer, or anything, I, anything like that? I don't think it will. And I still, I no, I'm not 100% sure that Allen Robinson will be on the team week one. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. I do need to uh oh this Pat from Ohio's here. You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> yes. How could how could I not get that? Oh. Because he didn't sing, you know, he didn't like even give us an attempt at a song there. Um, I have to address something here. It's been brought up by our listeners. I can't I, I can't ignore it anymore. Yes, we're aware of the issues with a, one of our microphones. We're gonna we're working Mine. on yeah, he's it's microphone. not an issue with my microphone, actually. Oh uh, well, well his sound perfectly fine. His sound. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, there is a technical issue. We are hoping to get it fixed within the next few days. Sorry about that. It's been on our mind. It's a big thing for us. I don't I, like it. We're not ignoring it. I promise. It sounds like some dust from the wind blew into Heath's <laughs> soundboard, and now it's crackling every time he talks. I could just talk less. I already, you know, I dominate the mic. Yeah, uh, the 49ers have received trade inquiries for Trey, Trey Lance, according to Ian Rappaport. I hope we get a trade on draft night. That'd be fun. Something big. We might get about. a bunch of trades on draft night, and this could certainly be one of them. And it makes sense. They like uh, Brock Purdy. Purdy's surgery went well. There's a Purdy chance well. he'll be ready by October. And um, if that's the case, they don't need Trey Lance, and they're desperate for draft capital after they gave it all up. To get Trey Lance, they don't pick, I think, until 99th in this draft coming up. So if they can somehow get a couple of twos for Trey Lance, I mean, it's going to look bad on, on the front office, but um, they might want that. They, they might or they might want twos in future drafts because this draft isn't as deep as uh, as we all once thought. Okay. Josh Allen says that he's getting older and he knows there's going to be a time where he has to be less of a running quarterback, basically. And they've talked about that. You know, they're gonna. Go. I know you. I know you have big thoughts on this, Heath. I, I have thoughts, but I, it goes to a question, Dave. I asked Dave on the Dynasty podcast yesterday with Jalen Hurts' security that he receives from this new contract. Should he be QB two in Dynasty over Josh Allen? I listened to that. I watched the show. I saw that. I saw and heard. I was. Well, I was asking. I was going to know if you what your thought was. Hurts or Allen in Dynasty? Yeah, I um. I'll take. I'll still take Allen. It's a very good question, though. What, what about Dave? Said I think Dave said Hurts, right? I, yeah. It's, when I update, it'll be Hurts. It's Hurts, but it's in pencil because I want to see what happens in the draft. Okay. Uh, Patrick Mahomes says he's not 100 percent recovered from his ankle injury yet. Amari Cooper had core muscle surgery. Says he's feeling good. Apparently, this bothered him during the season. Some college player notes. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young canceled the rest of his pre-draft visits. He's the favorite now to be going number one to Carolina. Uh, and the favorite to be the number two pick? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I have not. Will Anderson? Will Anderson is now the favorite to be picked second. <laughs> uh, Dallas. So, yeah. How about this? How about this, Adam? Will Anderson goes second overall. One of the receivers that we talk about today goes 12th overall. And the Texans are the team that trades uh, two twos to San Francisco for Trey Lance. And then Lance is reunited with Bobby Slowick, who was their passing game coordinator in San Francisco. He's now the offensive coordinator in Houston. And Trey Lance, hopefully all healed up and ready to go, 
gets another shot at running an NFL offense. That sounds pretty cool. I, I know you guys, uh, there's a little bit of uh, Texans love on this podcast. We feel like they're headed in the right direction. That would be a pretty cool trade. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what else we got? Okay, so uh, Dallas Executive Vice President Stephen Jones said, you never know when asked about drafting B. John Robinson. He said after day one, he'll be on a team, and you never know. Maybe it could be Dallas. And Jalen Hurts, the aforementioned Jalen Hurts, had offseason ankle surgery. Not a big deal. Apparently, he had some hardware in the ankle from college. And that was removed. Okay. Well, Ryan, where is he, Schaefer? What's going on here? Running late. All right, we'll keep going. I did like uh, one of the comments. Um, Heath, you should just take a summer vacation until you get the equipment fixed. Agreed. That is a fantastic idea. As he's not summer yet. As he pours water on his mixer and throws his microphone across the room. (laughs) Uh, I really don't have anything right now other than draft questions. So why don't I? Do this is Heath's favorite game. Let's read some emails that are not in the oh, notes. Oh no, I do. Oh, I don't have. That's my second favorite thing, right behind rankings disputes before the NFL draft even happens. <laughs> you try to come up with three topics per week in, in this time of year. <laughs> um. All right. Here's uh. Let's see. Nope. I don't have. That's not a good question for nobody sent us an email. Oh, we have a lot of emails. We've got emails. Okay. Here's one that said Heath Cummings and Adam Azer spelled A-Z-I-E-R, which is wrong. Please help with my dynasty team. And the entire email was about how great Heath is. After listening to your show for many years, I have come to realize that Heath is the man and I like pretty much all your takes the most. And I just enjoy the podcast most when you're on it. (laughs) Um, Okay. So. Hey, Ryan. Hey guys, sorry. Oh, I'm, glad we, I'm glad. I know I appreciate it. We got a, a really important <laughs> sentence read on the podcast. We don't even need to go to the rest of the email. That was all we needed. I 100% agree. What's up, Ryan Wilson? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm sorry I'm late. I was. Uh, we were doing a, a mock draft simulator with BMAC for the Steelers. So uh, I was. I was on company time. I wasn't taking a nap or doing anything. So I apologize for my tardiness. No problem. I'll be taking a nap later. So don't even worry about it. All, all right. right. I got a question for all of you. I've got three possibilities here and i want you to know i want to know from you which one do you think is the most likely scenario number one zay flowers is the most productive wide receiver in this class as in in the nfl he will be zay flowers will be the most productive wide receiver number two this is a fantasy angle here dalton kincaid is the most valuable fantasy asset across all positions in this class, Kincaid, the tight end that could be selected in the first round. And number three, Anthony Richardson never finishes as a top 12 fantasy quarterback. So again, Zay Flowers is the most productive wide receiver in this class. Dalton Kincaid is the best fantasy asset. Think of the Kelsey or Andrews or something like that. And Anthony Richardson never finishes as a top 12 fantasy quarterback. Ryan, you can start. What's the most realistic of those scenarios? Uh, I think it's the first one. And there's some, Buzz teams are, uh, from what I understand, are split on Jackson Smith and Jigba and Zay Flowers since the first wide receiver drafted in real life. So, which is interesting because we haven't heard a lot about Zay Flowers in that conversation. And he was the offense at Boston College where they struggled with the quarterback play. And he's versatile. He can give you something in a return game as well. I think I've heard that some teams are scared about Dalton Kincaid's back. He was cleared recently to take part in whatever the pre-draft process is left remaining. But there's a chance he slips into the second round because of it. But there's no doubt. Uh, how good he was last season taking over when the injury opportunity allowed him to play and play the way he did. And the Anthony Richardson, 
Anthony Richardson one sounds pretty plausible just because of the lack of experience, but uh, I love Anthony Richardson's potential, and I hope that one doesn't turn out to be true. So I'm going to go with the Zay Flowers, most productive. All right, Heath, what do you think? What's the most realistic scenario there? Uh, I'm just going to use math. And I think math would tell you that it's the Anthony Richardson one just because Zay Flowers has to be better than all the other wide receivers. And the odds of any one <laughs> wide receiver being the most productive wide receiver is significantly lower than one guy just not being particularly good when we don't know if he's ready to play in the NFL right now. Oh, God. Math. You and your math. <laughs> Dave, what's the most likely scenario of those three? Can't wait to play in a fantasy math league with Heath. It's lots of uh, I'm going to agree with Ryan that Zay Flowers ends up being the most productive wide receiver in this class. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be a top 15 receiver in fantasy in any given year, although that's certainly possible. It's possible for a couple of these guys. But I, I think that it's more likely that he will succeed rather than Anthony Richardson fails considerably and three or four years from now is completely out. I never would have packed Heath as being the, the pessimistic one on the on the show. That that uh it wasn't no, it was just <laughs> just realism. There's a fine line, Heath. <laughs> I think there's a I think there's like a, a like what are the chance what's the percentage chance that Anthony Richardson is just never a good quarterback? Frankly, probably eighty seven percent. I mean it's at least fifty fifty, right? You hope not. Like I, I'm hoping that he seems like such a great guy and you you that it's a it's a fun story because he's sort of beating the odds. But I, I get what you're saying. And when you watch and, Dalton Kincaid, though, you can see the potential of uh, it's gonna it's gonna take production. a lot of work by Ryan to get me excited about drafting a tight end, a rookie tight end in fantasy football. Well, that is really a, gonna take a lot dynasty, of dynasty. I mean, I'm not saying he's gonna be great as a rookie. Well, in dynasty, I'll just trade for him in two and a half years when they still haven't been good. All right. All right. You know what? Why don't we start with tight end? We'll, we'll do wide receiver now. We'll just piggyback from this conversation here. So Kincaid, six foot four, two hundred forty-six pounds out of Utah. He had eight hundred and ninety yards and eight touchdowns in twelve games. But he okay, he's got this back issue that uh, Ryan just mentioned. He's also going to be twenty-four years old. He started out uh, in the FCS, and he's an older guy, so he's going to be twenty-four years old. And, and that's I wonder, Ryan, what you think about that? But uh, I guess your your take overall on Kincaid and Mayer and any other mayor and any other um, tight ends that could be, you know, res- big time receiving threats in the NFL. What are you thinking? Yeah, there are four of those players. And then five, if you had Darnell Washington, who's just sort of scratching the surface at 6'7, 265, ran at 465, and um, was the number two tight end in Georgia behind Brock Bowers, who's going to come out next year and be uh, a first round pick. But I don't care so much about the age with Dalton Kincaid. I'm more concerned about the back and, and where that is because this will be said about. Um, the quarterback Fuller out of Virginia Tech, who was drafted by the Titans a few years ago in the first round, he had a back issue. And how often do people get improved back issue problems? Like that, it's rare that you have a back issue that suddenly just clears up and you're good to go. And I'm just speaking in general in, in just everyday life. So that's my concern with Don Kincaid. It's not the on-field stuff. He doesn't block, but you guys don't care about that for your purposes. Uh, but he is absolutely electric as a playmaker. You just hope he's healthy. The, the age thing doesn't concern me so much because you can still get the first contract out of him, maybe sign him to a subsequent three-year deal or, or whatever. Luke Musgrave is incredibly intriguing. He was one of the fastest players at, at the at the uh, senior bowl at, at six, he's a legit six, five. He is long. Um, the tape didn't necessarily match the expectations, but I know the teams are high on him. And I think that's just for the, the projectability of, of what he can do down the line. Stay Laporte, the same thing. He ran a four, five, nine. Uh, yeah. Four, five, nine, a uh, little smaller. He's still six, four, I think about two forty ish, closer to two fifty. Played in a terrible Iowa offense. 
But that's a guy that has a chance to go to the right system in the NFL. And in a few years, he's getting 50, 60 catches, uh, sort of like Joe Flacco and um, uh, Dennis Pitta back in the yes. day, sort of that, that sort of relationship. It sort of came out of nowhere if you weren't paying attention. And uh, Michael Mayer, I mentioned he last year, although he could be the first tight end drafted. He's not as athletic as the guys that I've mentioned, but he is um, the most well-rounded. He'll, he'll give you something in terms of a blocker. Uh, if that's something you're interested in, but he can, he plays in the slot. He lines up in line and he's, he's does most of his damage in the middle of the field. So, um, I mean, by the way, uh, he didn't have a great quarterback either. You see right there, uh, 180 receptions on the course of his career. That's pretty impressive. 18 touchdowns. So I, I think these are the the five quarter tight ends we're talking about. And one last guy I'll throw in Tucker Craft out of South Dakota state, obviously FCS guy, but um, I wrote this in my notes. I was just looking through them the other day. I wrote Travis Kelsey coming out of Cincinnati vibes because mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey wasn't the same dude he is now coming out of Cincinnati. He went in the third round, uh, in part because he was a little, quote-unquote, undersized, didn't block. But I think Tucker Craft could be a guy that down the line could be a, a surprise in terms of how he's used and, and the production you get out of him in the NFL. So I'll throw it over to Dave and Heath in a minute here, but can you rank them for us? How do you rank your top five tight ends? Yeah, in terms of where I think they'll get drafted or where I would draft them, it's Michael Mayer, uh, who have a first-round grade on, and the rest of the guys, uh, Luke Musgrave in this order, Don Kincaid, Sam Laporta, Darnell Washington going in the second round. And I have Kincaid dinged a little bit because of the injury concerns. He's a first-round talent, but I think the injuries might see him get pushed down a little bit on NFL draft boards, um, not because of the production. And Dave, uh, your thoughts on the tight ends? I think there's a lot of interesting players. I'm not sure any of them are going to matter significantly for fantasy. Landing spot's going to be a huge factor right? for, for all these guys. It goes without saying. Um, I don't think that there's a, a Kyle Pitts in the class, for example. Did, by the uh, way, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dave. Did Kyle Pitts work out at all fantasy-wise in his first two years? His first year, he was okay. We all wish he had scored more touchdowns, but at least he played because he didn't yeah. play the second half of last year. And last year he wasn't great, but I think that's more. I think his number. Let, let me say this: his numbers weren't great. I think it's a byproduct of the quarterback. I think it's Mariota missing him so many times. And that <laughs> if, if Ritter finds him, which I mean we could laugh at that too because Ritter might not find him, but if Ritter finds him, or if the Falcons get a quarterback in this draft who can throw with accuracy, then we might see Pitts totally going wild, and and that would be amazing. But. I don't think there's a guy like that in this draft. When I watched Michael Mayer, uh, I saw Cole Komet, same type of guy, yeah. not necessarily explosive. And that might be the best tight end in this draft for fantasy. Yeah, I think I have Mayer and Kincaid kind of in a, in a tier. And then the rest of the guys in terms of what I'm hoping for for fantasy production, I I, I want I keep wanting to make the Darnell Washington is the Anthony Richardson of the tight ends. Um, comparison, but I'm not that's, sure that perfectly one, works. But there's there's some there's some similarity there for sure. And so he might be my third just because of that that hope of what he could be. Um, the Kincaid age thing it, it does bother me at tight end because you, like your window at the tight end position might be till 30 or till 31 in terms of good mm. fantasy production. And if you don't get anything from him the first two or th- two and a half years of his career, then your window for fantasy production is shrunk to about three or four years for his entire career. Um, so I, I wouldn't draft, I currently don't have any of these guys in my top, uh, 17 picks in a rookie draft. And that probably won't, that's expecting they'll go in the first or second round. Well, the thing, the reason I brought up Kincaid's age, it's not like he's Hendon Hooker who was, was 25, but Kincaid's going to be 24. It's not the career longevity thing. It's that he 
was an older guy. And Oh, for sure. He's that, more physically mature than his competition. Right. I just wanted to know if people ding him for that, you know, and uh, yeah, Ryan, what, from a scouting perspective, do people downgrade Kincaid, who, you know, is, for those of you who don't know, he's a pure pass catcher. He's not, as Ryan said, he's not a blocker. Yeah. But from a pass catching standpoint, very exciting stuff here. Um, do people knock him for just being older? I don't think so. A part of that, I think, is just coming out of COVID because a lot of players went back. And I think there's the understanding that for a while here, these players will be older. Uh, teams in the fall, I know that there was teams that really liked the way he played, like tight in one, liked the way he played. And the age was an issue. Now, as we've gone through the process and you start poking these kids medically and all that other stuff, uh, those conversations have changed. He might get pushed down a little bit. But I think the age concern isn't one that's at the top of the list, but especially if you get him on the rookie deal and you find out who he is relatively cheap, you can re-up him. I mean, Travis Kelsey's, what, 32 now? He, he's yeah. he's in his 30s and, and still playing at a high level. He's the exception, but you can get these tight ends that uh, they're in their 30s and still be productive on, on a second contract that may not even cost you that much. All right. I, I, I guess I'm just going to ask you again about Darnell Washington, and then we'll move on yeah. to wide receivers because Heath compared him to Anthony Richardson, six foot seven, 264 pounds, ran a 46440. So do people see him? I mean, I read one report one report that said they might move him to left tackle or something like that. Do people see him oh, as a geez. potential receiver? <laughs> how is he viewed? I said, oh, geez, because you must have been listening to Prisco because Prisco wants to move all tackles to guards and all tight ends <laughs> that are big to, to, to tackle. When uh, Thomas put up this graphic, I thought it was going to be the graphic of me standing next to Darnell Washington uh, at the oh, combine. And great. it looked like Darnell was taking his little two-year-old kid to preschool. <laughs> like that's how grossly <laughs> uh, desperate that the two looks were. Uh, this guy is enormous, but he sort of touched on it. And Rick Spielman brought this up on the, the with the first big podcast that we do. He said, yeah, he ran a four, six, five. Yeah. He, he was two sixty four at, at the four, six, four at the, at the combine. But you watch the tape. He looked a little bigger than that. And he didn't look like he was running four, six, four on the field. And you wonder if through the pre-draft process, he slimmed down and did all the things that these players do to get in shape or gain shape, to get faster and all this for the track meet that they basically have to go through in Indianapolis. If he's playing at 275 and he's running a four, eight, you see the same player. Look, he's, he's a long strider. He's not sudden. That doesn't show up on tape, but his ability to outrun people down the field certainly does. He's a high point machine. There's <laughs> look at Thomas doing, doing damage. So if you yeah if you're watching this you can see that I mean what are we doing it's like, it's like we're at the carnival, <laughs> but that's the concern with Darnell he's incredibly raw and he can block and maybe you add it make maybe you do the Jason Peters thing where he goes from tight end to to tackle but I think he's a red zone target early on he's not a guy that he doesn't feel like a guy that's going to catch. 80 balls in a season. Um, we asked him what his comp was. He said, Mercedes Lewis. And that's because yeah. Mercedes is a good blocker. But he said, I, there's not really anyone else at this size that plays the position. So I think that's a concern um, sort of going forward with Darnell. Okay. Well, I think we should spend more time talking about the wide receivers then. We're going to take a quick break here on Fantasy Football today. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about how many wide receivers will be going in the first round. And there are going to be a lot, obviously, on day two. So we'll give you the names to know right after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. 
At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Back here on Fantasy Football Today with Ryan Wilson. Again, listen to him on the With the First Pick podcast. And uh, please watch us, youtube.com slash today. If you click the live tab, you'll see an archive of all of our live, you know, longer form shows and see what we look like. Everybody's like, oh, you don't, you don't look anything like I thought you would. So, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be that way. You'll see. Think about, draw a picture of what you think we look like and then go to youtube.com slash fantasy football today and see if you're right. Oh, please, though. Send us the pictures send of what yeah, you yeah, think yeah. Adam looks like. <laughs> no, draw all of us. And, please. Not yeah, just me. Just Adam. All of us. Come on now. Adam, quickly, by the way, when Brinson and I started doing the Pick 6 podcast, just the two of us, which might have been eight or nine years ago, and the first time someone saw me, they thought in their mind that I looked like Joe Dirt. So this could be a fun exercise. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Okay, so how many wide receivers get drafted in the first round, Ryan Wilson? All right, I'm going to set the over-under at, uh, oh boy. All right, I'm going to say three and a half. Yep. Well, that doesn't help me. You need to give me three or four here. I mean, you got to take a stance. No, it's an over under. I didn't ask for an over under. I said, how many wide receivers get drafted in the first? I was trying, round? I was trying to Wilson. play a game, but Adam clearly is not into playing games. All right, so I'll give you the list. <laughs> uh, Jackson Smith and Jigman, Zay Jones, I mentioned those guys are going to be, I think, shocking for wide receiver one, which Zay, is sort of Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. What did I say? Zay Jones. Zay Jones. If he gets drafted <laughs> again, that'd be something. Uh, Zay Flowers. Thank you, out of Boston College. Uh, and then Quentin Johnson, I think I, I talked to teams to like him and the media seems to be down on him for some reason. I don't get it. He's the the biggest wide receiver in this draft that's going to go early. Uh, playmaker at all three levels. Did a lot with a little in terms of the quarterback play at TCU. Uh, he has a chance. And then after that's when things get interesting. I think Jordan Addison is a first round talent. He only weighs 173. He ran a quote unquote disappointing 449, but he he plays fast. If you watch him at Pitt with Kenny Pickett in 2021 and you watch him last year at USC with Caleb Williams, he was giving a lot of people on the defensive side of the ball fits. Also gives you something to return. It can play inside or out. So those are the four guys that I think they have the best chance. Jalen Hyde will be in the conversation. And, you know, I, I jokingly call him a one-trick pony in much the same way that Mike Tomlin called Mike Wallace a one-trick pony and that he just ran vertical routes and outran everyone. That's Jalen Hyde's game right now. Uh, he got an opportunity to play because of an injury to Cedric Tillman, and he took advantage of it. So the one-year productivity is, is something that some teams are concerned about, and, and Spielman's talked about that as well. But I think the four big names are Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnson, Jay Flowers. And then does Jordan Addison sneak into the first round? And Okay, three and a half is the over-under, Dave. I'm going to set that. Let's play a game here. I'm going to put three and a half. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Dave and Heath, you going over-under on first-round wide receivers? I'm going to go under. I think there will be yeah. three. Uh, I would expect there to be more of a rush on some of the other positions because the wide receiver position, and not that it's – rich with talent but it's fairly deep with talent and and i think that teams will figure well if i can't get one of these guys in round one then on day two i'll pick up a receiver if i really need one but i don't know what this the the success of the last three classes like i look at it and think well this class is not those classes and so many people have drafted so many good young wide receivers in the last three years that maybe there's not the urgency to draft one now I also think it could be that some of these teams who have been wide receiver poor and haven't landed one of those guys are going to try to go chase it. And so that could push the number up. But I'm, I'm going to go to three. I'm going to go three. I think I think it'll be slightly under. Three and a half was the perfect line. Thank you. See, see Adam? Games I, can be fun. Thank you. I did come up with that line. You know, pretty quick <laughs> uh, you know, you say this class isn't like last year's, and Ryan agreed with that. I'm thinking back to about a year ago, and I remember – 
Jackson Smith Najigba and Kayshawn Boutte out of LSU being talked about as potential top 10 picks. I mean, that's the way I remember it, Ryan. I don't know. And Boutte yep. had a terrible uh, junior season Ooh. and, you know, broke his ankle in 2021 and missed the last half of that season. But he was a big time prospect. And Jackson Smith Najigba barely played this year. So I don't think he's going to be picked in the top 10. But um, I'm just going to go 12. Yeah. The text the on the clock at 12. He could go 12. I'm just wondering if, uh, you know, what made this class, what makes this class kind of inferior? And I just, is it those, you know, is the fact that those guys had bad years? And I don't know. Anyway, your overall take on the class and why it doesn't look as good as the last several. Yeah. So last year, Drake London went eighth, Garrett Wilson went 10th, Crystal Lave went 11th, Jameson Williams with the torn ACL. Uh, the, the Lions traded to get him at 16. And then Traylon Burks um, went 18th. And the two picks before that, John Dotson went. All these guys who get drafted, maybe except for Jahan and Trey, the top four guys, so Drake, Garrett, Chris, Olave, and James Williams would all get drafted. They'd be the first wide receiver in this draft class. Um, I say that with the understanding that Garrett Wilson and C.J. Stroud both separately told us at the Super Bowl when they were on the set that Jackson Smith and Jigbo was the best player on that 2021 team at wide receiver. He led that team in receptions and receiving yards, and that was, I mentioned, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. was on that team as well. He's going to be a, probably a top five pick next year. In terms of Kayshawn Booty, he came out, then he returned to school, and then he came out again. And as you mentioned, Adam, he had a terrible season at LSU. Part of it was quarterback play. Um, part of it, he looked slow and out of shape at times. I, I heard that the reason he came out the second time was because LSU said, you need to go back and change your mind because you're not coming back here, basically. Um, wow. And he has gone from round one conversation to I'm not even joking when I say mid middle day three yeah. might be where he ends up going. Um, you mentioned Jackson for the chip. He had the hamstring, but he at least had the body of work to lean back on in 2021. And once he ran it, his pro day ran a four or five. And at the combine, he did the three cone and short shuttle. And he had the best numbers among all the wide receivers that eased a lot of concerns. And the other thing is this, I mentioned Jalen Hyde is a big wide receiver. And Quentin Johnson, there are a lot of smallish wide receivers. So if you're looking at guys that are five, eight, five, nine, whether for fantasy purposes or, or NFL purposes, roster purposes, those guys don't translate very easily to immediate offense. There is a Tyree Kill in this world, but there's only one of them. There aren't a lot of smallish guys. Like Tyler Lockett's a great example of a guy who gets the most out of uh, a smaller package, but they're, that's hard to come by. When you have guys that are, we're talking about guys, some guys that are five seven five eight, they're not going to get drafted in the second round and, and, uh, over the draft weekend, they'll get drafted on day three. And then the question becomes, how do you find a place for them? Because they can't play on special teams. If they don't have returnability, that's a concern as well. And two other names I'll mention quickly. Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee played alongside Jalen Hyatt. He's a bigger wide receiver that could get drafted higher than people think. And Jonathan mm -hmm. Mingo out of Ole Miss is another guy who's 6'2", 226, ran in the four fours. And I sort of compared him to Chase Claypool light in terms of what he was asked to do at Ole Miss, but he has that sort of versatility. And he's a huge target, and he can win. Uh, on deep balls. So those are some bigger wide receivers that have a chance to to perhaps fly under the radar, quote unquote, but get drafted on day two and, and then contribute early in their NFL careers. Yeah, Dave and Heath, uh, Dave, I'll let you go first here. What do you think about the fact that uh, actually real quick before I get to that question, I have to clarify. So Ryan, Jordan Addison, where do you see him playing slot outside combination of both? Where do you see him in the NFL? Rick Spielman would tell you slot because of his size. Five, I think he's 5'11". 173 is the bigger concern. But he can play both. He can play both slot and outside. The question is, can he get off man coverage outside? And and that's what you have to find out if you don't already know that. So I think primarily his role in the NFL will, will probably be slot until he can prove that he can play outside. But I would just move him around. But, you know, 
I ain't running an NFL team, so no one asked. But that means that most of the top guys are slot guys. Dave, I I wonder how that impacts from a fantasy angle your excitement about these guys. Like just because they're slot guys now, it doesn't mean they can't move around. But that's the that's the word on Jackson Smith the Jigba, on Zay Flowers, on you just heard Jordan Addison maybe, on uh, Josh Downs, on who am I forgetting in the first round? Uh, Zay Flowers. Zay, did I not say him? On Zay Flowers. Yeah, but he is small. I mean, he's he's smaller. Yeah, yeah he's five yeah. nine, one hundred eighty two pounds. So, yeah, I mean, what is that? You know, does that limit their upside, Dave? Does it? Should we be considering that? I'd be surprised if any of these receivers get drafted and are permanently slot receivers for their entire careers. I think they'll all get a chance to play outside, and if they succeed, they'll continue to play outside. Really, what they'll do is they'll move all over the formation. That's a trend we saw a lot more last year. Was that? Receivers were lining up a little less often as like must play in the slot types. Those guys would even go out wide a little bit more. I, I think back to Keenan Allen, and I remember being surprised at Keenan Allen. I think he was in the slot less than 60% of the time. If I'm wrong on that, I'm sorry, but it felt like there was a point last year where it was like that. And I think teams are trying to just mix and match wide receivers. Why? Because they're looking for the matchups for their quarterbacks to go and attack from play to play. And I think Smith and the Jigba could absolutely be one of those guys that could be moved around. He he excelled in the slot at Ohio State. Look who else he was playing with. So it makes sense that he played in the slot then. But I think he's capable of eventually becoming an outside type of wide receiver, or really just the type of receiver that can move all over the place. I think Zay Flowers can as well. I think Addison has already been doing that. So those three guys for sure I see as guys who could eventually play all over the formation. Why is that important for fantasy? It makes them harder to defend. And if they've got a, a fully developed route tree, like a lot of these guys have, they'll continue to see a boatload of targets and be able to pick up good numbers with them versus a, a guy that's in the slot. Man, he's really got to play in the right offense where they're going to just target, 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 and throw, throw, throw to their slot receiver all the time. I, I don't think – I think the slot concern is one that was more of a concern five years ago than it is now. A lot of the really good wide receivers in the NFL are playing more and more in the slot. Um, how much of a slot guy was Justin Jefferson coming into the NFL? Cooper Cup plays in yeah. the slot oh, more man. than he plays outside. Amon Ross St. Brown, all he can do is play in the slot, and he's awesome. Um, I, I just think it's that's not that doesn't bother me as much anymore. What bothers me is the thing that Ryan hit on, and I, I wonder which is the bigger concern. When I wrote the wide receiver preview yesterday, I was talking about why this class it isn't quite as good. And it's because there's a bunch of guys that are five, nine or under. There's a bunch of guys that are right around 180 pounds. Um, not always the same guys either. Like we got a bunch of five, 11, way 80 guys and five, nine and the weight's okay guys. Wh- which of those is a bigger concern, Ryan, the weight or the height? Oh man. You know, I, I think the overall, and I, I had a scout tell me this about, Sidney Brown, who's a safety, his brother Chase Brown's a running back for Illinois, yeah. but they're similar sizes. And, and he said it's it's sort of the whole thing. Like you you can't be both, right? You, you can't be five nine and weigh one seventy. You can be Devontae Smith's a good example, six feet one seventy, and his wingspan is incredibly long, and he's a freak. So that makes up for some of the things that the the, the weight doesn't account for. But you can't be both. So that's the concern on some level. Jordan Addison, who's five eleven. Zay Flowers, you mentioned, it, sort of 183 might be okay at 5'9". He could be tough. Again, I don't know what Tyreek weighs, but he's certainly thick. And, and that helps in terms of, of getting off the line of scrimmage and, and that sort of thing. 
Um, and you mentioned Justin Jefferson. I looked it up real quick, Keith. He was 6'1", 202. So yeah, he played man. a lot in the slot. And I actually asked him at that combine. I said, are there concerns about you playing slot? He said, well, if you had watched me the year before, you would have known that I played a lot outside. So I can do both. He said it much more politely than I just recounted it. Yeah, there, but that, I, that doesn't sound like a very friendly conversation. <laughs> no, he was he was much nicer than you were to me just now about my game. <laughs> but, uh, but I think the problem is when you're 5'9 and, and 175, that's a hard sell to be productive in the NFL. That's Josh yeah. Downs, 5'9, 171. Good Out football player, but I mean, again, how often does that happen? Yeah, I, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, even the, the fact that Zay Flowers at 5'9, 182 could be the first receiver taken based on what you're hearing kind of blows me away a little bit. Let well, me ask you guys this How was Jahan Dotson's last year as a fantasy guy? Encouraging, but. Good. Touchdown yeah. saved him. Because that may be really sort of the comp. I'm sorry, Heath, what's that? No, he said he has a really strong finish. Okay. So maybe that's the comp when we talk about these guys. Like, I don't know if that's best case scenario, but maybe that's the area that you're looking at because he was undersized in, in a burner. And um, the year before, his teammate out of Penn State who went to Denver, whose name escapes me right now, um, Hamler, KJ Hamler. Like, KJ Hamler, I, I don't think had it. He didn't put up a lot of numbers, Nothing, right? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that's the other end of the spectrum. Couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. Um, right. And I think, like, Adam, to your point, the other side of that, the reason that these small guys might be is because so many of the other guys, the reason we liked them more a year ago is because their best football was a year ago. There's a lot of guys towards the top of this class mm -hmm. who took a major step back either because of injury or because they changed teams or because of some other reason and just weren't near as good this year. They didn't build on what they did in 2021. Yeah, certainly Jackson Smith the Jigba is an example of that. He played in only three games, hamstring injuries in 2022, but 2021, 1,600 yards, nine touchdowns in 13 games, and he played in the Rose Bowl and had one of the greatest games in college football history for a receiver. That's that's not a joke. Uh, 15 catches, 347 yards, three touchdowns against Utah in the Rose Bowl in 2021, well, after the 2021 season. Um so let me we're going to take a break in a little bit and we'll finish up with wide receivers here. But, Ryan, give me your take on Jackson Smith Najigba. You think he could go 12th overall. Do you think he could be a superstar in the NFL? OK, I'll ask you guys for some context. So Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, who had the better year fantasy wise for your purposes? <laughs> Was it Garrett? Very close. But Garrett Wilson, I believe, scored more fantasy points, if that's what you're asking. Okay, yeah, that's what that is exactly what I'm asking. I think he has a chance to put up those type of Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave type numbers here. One, because here's the thing: he's going to play in the slot primarily, and he is going to get open. He is incredibly difficult to guard in small areas. So he ran a four five. So he's not going to outrun necessarily everyone. He ain't outrunning Sauce Gardner to the end zone, but he's going to win a lot in the middle of the field, and, and it'll be a slow burn in terms of of yardage and by by proxy fantasy points. And I think that's where his value is. Um, because sometimes you have guys who who are sort of one-trick ponies in the middle of the field and what they can do, but his short area quickness, to use a scouting term, is elite. And I think that's what's going to help him get open. He plays with a ton of confidence. He Look, he only played in three games last year because of a hamstring. Hamstring injuries are worst case, like two months. Like, that's worst case. I think he pulled a boast and just said, you know what, I'll see you guys draft weekend, and that's fine. But I don't think the injury concerns are the ones that linger. I, I like him the best. I think he's the... Easiest to project the next level in terms of success. 
fit matters, of course. Not having a terrible quarterback would certainly help. But in terms of Quentin Johnson or Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison, I would take Jackson Smith and Jigba in terms of being the most confident that he'll have a level of success that I will feel comfortable with. Did Smith and Jigba do everything at the Combine? Except run. He ran his pro day. I was Why didn't he run? Watching CJ. He ran a 4-5 and he looked fast. Why and didn't he run at the Combine? I don't think he was quote-unquote healthy enough, although I would imagine he was his, he did a three cone and the um, short shuttle, and they were both the best at the combine. Okay. So I don't know why he chose not to to run forty yards. But when he did it as pro day, he he looked fast enough, and and Spielman said, "Yep, that's four or five. Well, that checks the box that I needed to see." Okay, I have been saying his name wrong, and I apologize. I can't break this habit. It is in Jigba, not Najigba. So, I did the same thing with uh, Inkeel Harry, which was Nikhil Harry, Nikhil. but he turned out not to be great, so we can call him whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding if well, you're watching. People say David Njoku, and it drives me crazy. It's David Njoku, but he, oh, it's yeah, Smith Njigba. It's like the opposite of Njoku. All right, quick break here. I'm going to get top five wide receivers from, from all three of you. We'll compare, and maybe we can do some comps, uh, some NFL comps to these rookie guys as well, because that's always helpful stuff. We'll be right back with Ryan Wilson. All right, back one final time, and let's, uh, let's get top five. Heath, give me your top five wide receivers. This I've got one name here that we've not mentioned yet that uh, Ryan's probably going to crush me on because he apparently doesn't doesn't like him as much as I do. But uh, I go JSN at one. I will go Flower or Addison, then Flowers, then Quentin Johnson, and I really really like Marvin Mims. Okay. And so I, I need to hear Ryan's take on Marvin Mims. That was a guy who, as an eighteen year old, went and led his team in receiving at Oklahoma, and just completely dominated the passing game there last year. Um, and he's a little bit light, but I think he's 5'11", so he ought to be big enough. 5'11", 183, 438. We talked to him at the Combine. He is one of the smartest people we talked to the entire week, football player or otherwise. Great kid, great family. I, I love Marvin Mims. I, the, the only reason I didn't talk about him, Heath, is because when you talk to teams and when they fit that size profile, you're going to be a day two guy, uh, maybe even early day three. Historically, these guys sometimes go to the top of the fourth and only because of the size. But I would take him in day three because he offers kick return versatility if that's your thing as an NFL team drafting these players. Uh, but he is so fluid in space. Uh, he is a, a you know yak monster, yards after catch guy. He won't necessarily run through a lot of arm tackles, but that's not what he's asked to do. He's asked to get open, and he does that all the time. He's not a high point catch guy because he's a little undersized. But again, he is open, and, and that's the part that's sometimes the most difficult. He's in the same basket with the Jordan Addison's, the Josh Downs, uh, the Zay Flowers. I just like the, I like him better than Josh Downs a little bit, but the other two guys, Zay and, and Jordan Addison, I think they had a little more juice, but Marvin Mims it had a great career at Oklahoma State, and as you pointed out, I, I think he may end up surprising people um, when he gets to the league just because he has sort of flown under the radar during this process. Dave, give me your top five wide receivers. I, I can't wait to see where Mims goes because that might push him into my top five because I agree. And he was also someone um, who, who looked – I think it was at the Senior Bowl. Right, Ryan? No, like he crazy. was not at the Senior Bowl. Um, okay. All right, then never mind. There were a lot of little uh, guys there. Trey Tucker was there, Tank Dell. Right. Yep, yep, yep. I know Tank Dell and, and Mingo got a lot of attention. All right. My top five, JSN is one, uh, Zay Flowers two, Jordan Addison three, and for now, I've got Quentin Johnston ahead of Jalen Hyatt, but I might end up flipping Hyatt ahead of Johnston. All right. And uh, Ryan, what's your top five? Maybe a little bit more love for Quentin Johnston, who is number four for both Dave and Heath. What, Ryan, what do you got? By the way, I know why you pronounce the Joku properly, because you're all about no jokes. Look at that. 
I like that joke. Take that. You got a tongue button? That was that was that was the that was one of the worst dad jokes ever. Sorry, I I wasn't ready to hit the button. No, you need the gong for that one. I apologize. Uh, Ryan, we had a question. I, I want to clarify one thing before you give your top five. When you said Mims, you said he could be a late day two, early day three guy. You said you would take him day three? I would take him day two. Day two, okay. I would I take him in the third yeah. round and feel great about it. Awesome. So my top five, Jack Smith and Jigba. Then I have Quentin Johnson going second. I, I just, I mean, I watched him in the fall and he was good. I think he ran really good. Better than good. He was great at times. Had occasional focus drops, but he can Went on short routes. He can win on intermediate routes. He can obviously win on deep routes. So I'm not going to come off that. We'll see if something changes. I haven't heard anything about medicals or anything, seen him slip or anything down, down draft boards. Zay Flowers is my number three. Jordan Addison is my number four. And then Jalen Hyatt is my number five. Just ahead of a guy we haven't talked about, Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati, uh, who plays mostly outside. He's smaller. I think he's 5'11", is what he came in at. But another dynamic player. No, he's only 5'9 and a half. 177. So he's 444. Oh, four, four. So yeah, he's small. Uh, again, in that same bucket that, that Heath was talking about earlier. So those are my top five, Adam. Okay. Can you give me NFL comps? Is that something you're, I don't want to put you on the spot. If I give Let's you a wide see receiver. see what I have here. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, who do I have for him? All right. Amon Ra. It's like, I know you've done oh, all yeah, this. Oh, yeah. That's right? a great one. Amon Ra. That's a great one. Thank you. Okay. Would you say, Adam? I think that's his floor comparison, too. And I wasn't high on Amon Ra coming out, and that's on me, not on him, obviously. Uh, but that's a good one. Quentin Johnson, T. Higgins is is one that I've heard. I'm bad at comps. T. Higgins went in the second round. He should have gone higher than that. Uh, I fell in, fell into the trap of believing the BS about he wasn't fast enough. He's plenty fast. He ran the four fives. Um, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. Let me see if I had have these. I'll give you one for Flowers. Go do that, please. Tyler Lockett. That's a great one. And I mentioned. Um, I mentioned him earlier as a sort of a special case, third round pick. Uh, for Jordan Addison, I had Jahan Dotson, who I mentioned earlier, uh, sort of in that ballpark. And then Jalen Hyatt, I, I cheated early and told you Mike Wallace is sort of my comp just because just running go routes. Mike Wallace was actually bigger coming out. Jalen's pretty light, um, light framed. And the concern is getting off the line of scrimmage because he's going to play outside primarily. Although I think he has, he, he played some inside at Tennessee, but that offense is also so weird. At Tennessee, how does that translate is going to be a question. Um, in fact, Jalen played mostly slot at, so he'll be uh, he'll be able to, to not worry so much about press man, so that could be to his advantage. Sure. And, you know, coaches will always say, we can figure out the rest later, but if you've got deep speed, can I, can, I can work with that right now. I've got a dumb question. Why Hyatt over Cedric Tillman? The only reason, and that's not a dumb question, um, is because Cedric was injured last year. So, and that's just more of a case of what have you done for me lately? Sort of the Jackson Smith and Jigba conversation until you went to the combine and this pro day and, and did the things that we were hoping he did. Because the only reason Jalen Hyatt played is because Cedric got banged up and he took advantage of the opportunity and, you know, credit to him for that. But Cedric Tillman has a chance to be a solid player when healthy. He's not going to outrun everyone to the end. He is going to be, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, he's going to be what the Patriots were hoping they were getting in Nikhil Harry. He's a big target. And, you know, my confidence Nikhil Harry was sort of Anquan Bolden best case. He's going to be faster than Anquan because Anquan ran pretty slow. But it's a big player who can make contested catches, who can get some separation because of his physicality and just be a, a chain mover. And, and I think he actually has some athletic upside that perhaps that Nikhil Harry didn't display, but the Patriots hoping that he would, and that Anquan Bolden, because uh, he didn't test well athletically, was was more of a, a, a possession receiver with just 
the physicality to win at the catch point. And I think Cedric Tillman could be that guy and he's healthy. So that that's, that's the good news about that. Uh, I guess uh, just to ask you about one more player, uh, Rushy Rice out of SMU. You like him? Uh, no. And again, there are teams that do like him. I just never got it. He ran really well. He was at the, at the senior bowl and he, he was okay. He didn't hurt himself, but he didn't flash and much the same way that we talked about Jonathan Mingo. Uh, I think Rashi ran into the four fours, ran four, five, one, uh, six feet, 200 pounds. And I, I just didn't see it. Like the separation wasn't there on tape and you know, he was playing, uh, in the, what are they? The, yeah. AAC, I think it's where SMU plays now. Mm-hmm. So that it wasn't like they were playing sec, big 10, cornerbacks week in and week out and there's some good players don't get me wrong but it, it wasn't i just didn't see it and, and differently from cedric tillman who i knew was injured and i it had he flashed some some special talents i never got that from rasheed doesn't mean he can't be a good player uh, but i would not take him i'll tell you exactly where i have him ranked in my quarterback in my um he's wide receiver 11 i have him going like middle fourth round uh in the actual draft okay uh Rushy Rice. Okay, uh, Jasmine says she. we did not talk enough about Josh Downs. So do you have a comp for Josh Downs? He's in that small, smaller wide receiver range. Well, what's the diff- what, what separates Zay Flowers from Josh Downs? So Josh Downs played, let's see what his numbers are. So he's 5'9", 171. So Zay weighs 11 pounds more. Zay is uh, more physical at the catch point. He plays a little bigger. I think I think he's a little more... Um, a little more short area quickness, although Josh has has a lot of juice. Um, Josh ran a four four eight, and I think that Zay ran a little faster than that. But they both play really fast, and um, Josh is primarily a slot guy. Can play outside, has that versatility. <laughs> I'm glad. Oh, okay, I, I read the wrong thing. It said he was six one, and he didn't never say he was six one. I was reading the wrong thing. Sorry. Uh, just the undersized issue is a problem. He reminds me. Um, a little bit of like Calvin Austin coming out last year in Memphis, who was drafted by the Steelers and then promptly was put on injured reserve for the year because sometimes you just have places for these guys and the size is always a concern. And will he be a day two guys in conversation when you talk about players of this size? He has an opportunity to certainly get drafted that high, but we see it a lot where guys that we love in college who are undersized receivers who outrun everyone to the end zone struggle with the physicality of the league. And that's why they end up going on day three, for example, in the fourth or fifth round, as opposed to the second or third round where fans might feel like they should go based on what they saw in college, where it at times can be a different game. There's a path for him, though. Oh, of course. Think about McCole Hardman and and how the Chiefs were smart about using him. If, if a team drafts downs and tries to use him as a traditional wide receiver, I think he'll struggle. But you've got to get him in motion. So he gets a free release off the snap. He doesn't yep. have to deal with press coverage. Let him use that speed. Um, and and I think he could end up being a factor, but he's got to go to the right team. He And my guess is that he ends up being like a late second, early third pick. And I a team will say, all right, well, if it doesn't work out and he doesn't become a, you know, a, a great wide receiver, at least we've got somebody that can return punts and someone that we can use. You know, he can play 20 snaps a game, something like that. The floor, that's not a great floor for fantasy. That would suck for fantasy. But How a did team you guys feel about Bayless Jones coming out? Uh, I don't think we felt very good about Bayless Jones coming out. That was okay. a, a big, right? He I mean, had a great senior bowl. He just he was, wasn't He, he was wasn't like somebody that we were excited about. He was 25 about. years old. He that, was 25 that. years yeah. old. And what round, I'm trying to remember, what round did he go? He went pretty high. Second Fifth, or early third? Third round pick. So, yeah, Is I was like, crazy? oh, my gosh, 25, third round pick. Not a lot of production, but he tested incredibly well. And I was like, okay, let's... 
let's be careful. And it hasn't worked out yet. Maybe he catches fire this year, but that's those are sort of my concerns sometimes with the smaller wide receivers. That that was my favorite Cedric Tillman stat was that he played on that 21, 21 team with Valus Jones and Jalen Hyatt and had more yards and touchdowns than the two of them combined. And Valus, to his credit, was 60200. He played smaller than that. I was surprised that he weighed into that. Um, but the, the the where he got drafted uh, was sort of a surprise. And, and to Dave's point that he feels like more returner now than he does wide receiver, even though you don't draft a returner in the third round. You want some versatility there. Well, you didn't quite see that from his from here right, in year but, one. But that's his floor. A team will yeah. draft him that he's uh, – no one's drafting him in round three, you know, crossing their fingers that he's a punt returner. Right. right. They're hoping that he's their slot receiver and just, uh, you know, an explosive playmaker. You sound like a Bears fan. Stuck, you know, stuck to their fate. I, we do have to go. Um, I'm late for a meeting, and I'm going to get in trouble with my boss. So, uh, Ryan, I need to know. Tell him the dad joke; he'll be fine. <laughs> I was like, Ryan was late. Play uh, the over under game with your boss. How many minutes will I be late? <laughs> the good news is Schaefer's late for the same meeting, so I think we're okay. Uh, Ryan, um, as a Steelers fan, I guess your level of excitement. We'll do another game on a scale of one to ten. For the Allen Robinson uh, trade that's about to happen, uh, I'm going to say one being the the lowest. Let's do zero gonna, to ten. Zero to ten. All right, I'm going to go negative infinity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wanted to at least give you that possibility of being zero. You Anyone feel differently, by the way? No, 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 no one's no. going to draft him. But I'm yeah. I'm rooting for Allen Robinson. Fair He'll enough. Be on my not fantasy team. That's okay. actually my favorite Dalton Kincaid stat is that he was on Allen Robinson's high school team. Holy Moses. That's a fun fact. That's cool. No, that's uh, not true. That was a, they're that both was a 31. Joke. It could yeah, work out. Yeah, very good. Both <laughs> um, so uh, we did have a, a, a question. Somebody wanted to know about Tank Dell, and we don't have time, so I'm just going to say I hope Ryan took a picture with Tank Dell because that would make Ryan feel better about himself. <laughs> he has eight brothers and sisters. He's a wrestler. He's extremely tough. Yeah, but he's small. Uh, all right, we are out of here. For uh, Ryan and Dave and Heath and Thomas, I'm Adam. Thanks so much. We've got another episode for you tomorrow. We'll be back then on Fantasy Football Today.